0: Hey guys, this is Crazy Juicy Love Entrepreneur Series. I'm gonna be talking with top CEOs, creators, top entrepreneurs, and they're gonna be sharing their mistakes, tools, tips, and insights to get you to get out of your bed and have a career that you love. This is Crazy Juicy Love Entrepreneur Series. So, okay guys, welcome to Crazy Juicy Love, the entrepreneur series. I have my girl Judith Franklin. She is a Broadway star, (laughs) and I'm so thrilled to have her She has performed in Summer, the musical, Motown, the musical tour. And I was just looking at your uh, website and you were in Dream Girls, which is one of my favorite shows. You played Dina. I can't believe that. I'm not surprised (laughs) that you played Dina with that voice. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, yes, that voice, girl. So, thank you. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Thank you, Judith, for being here.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here with you.
0: Yeah, and with you. Amazing. (laughs) First of all, I am so grateful to have you in my life and to know you. And it's such a. Not even a strange journey, but this is even how we even met on the job. And here we are just like sharing our lives and our journeys and really like taking a stand for our greatness in each other. And I just love that about you and how you just see the bigness in people. And I'm sure that is how you are with the other performers around you and people just, you just see the greatness in them and you're constantly pushing that, pushing them and looking out for them. And you just, I just really love that about you. So thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, (laughs) Jimmy. Yes. I'm so grateful for you too. I mean, you came at a point in my life when, you know, I needed more positive energy in my life and just upbeat energy and somebody that was always also, you know, um, at a point in their lives where they were making changes and um just trying to elevate. So yeah. I'm grateful for you.
0: Yes, I'm grateful for you too. So <laughs> singing, I mean, I I remember when we started, you know, we first started to, you know, get to know each other in our little A-man corner. <laughs> Texting, <laughs> which I love that name. And then I remember seeing your Instagram and I remember clicking on One song. I was like, "Let me see if this girl can sing." And I was like, "Oh, she can sing." (laughs)
1: You're a
0: mess. (laughs) So, talk to us about like your journey to like being a singer to get into Broadway. Because I know, I remember, you know, you posting on your Facebook. feed about how you manifested your dream job to be on Broadway. So taking me through that journey of like, how did you get involved? I know you went to Houston's one of Grammy uh, nominated high schools. What was that like? I mean, tell me about your journey into all the way to Broadway.
1: That's a long journey. But, um, well, (laughs) I (laughs) did attend. Right. I will try to get it all in there, but not tell the one drawn out version. But yeah, I did go to. Uh, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and I did go to Houston's High School for the Performing and Visual Arts, and um, it was an amazing school. It's kind of like uh, if you remember Fame, mm-hmm. the the television series or movie of Fame, and our school was just like that. It was um, an art school, <laughs> really? so we basically mm-hmm. so we basically took um, our you know educational classes half of the day, and then our arts. Elective the other half of the day. So back then I was in dance, so I took dance for like three hours a day at school, and then I had my um, educational classes like English, math, you know, all of the typical classes that everybody takes mm-hmm. at school. Um, and then my junior year, I transferred to the vocal department, um, and so I experienced both dance and vocal. But I had danced since I was a young girl and taken, um, I went to what they call a magnet performing arts Mm -hmm. junior high school in um, Houston too. So kind of got the best of both worlds in middle school and in high school. And yeah, we would have fun at our school. There was the art department, dance, choir, theater department, there were always people singing, dancing throughout the hallways. We had these things called happenings, and the happening was kind of like these talent shows that we would have in the middle of the school. And the school was super small, so you knew everybody. Uh, The school had about 600-something students in the entire Mm -hmm. school. And so, like, my graduating class was 125 total, not just, you know, know, Mm -hmm. the arts department. It was the entire graduating class of 125 students. So... It was small, um, but then yeah, I went to college in Atlanta, Clark Atlanta University. Um, I went on a music scholarship, and I transferred to the theater department. And I graduated with a degree in theater. So many things happened: singing, um, working regular jobs, just you know figuring yeah. out my way. And <laughs> um, and then I started performing <laughs> performing again after a hiatus. You know, just working. Uh, to live and pay my yeah. bills. And then I got the opportunity to travel abroad. I did some cruise ships. Um, and when I oh. came back, I started to build my resume. Because I traveled abroad, I sang in Ethiopia for about in, a year. And people, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, yeah, it was wow. cool. <laughs> Crazy, amazing experience. And then after that, I did cruise ships. And when I came back, I was like, "Oh, well, you know what? Singing, dancing, acting musical theater that I think that's what I really want to do. So I started to build my resume in Atlanta in 2013 and um, yeah, and when I started to build my resume, then I just started to book shows and then it eventually led to me booking um, a tour. Uh, It was Oh, Medea on the Run with Tyler Perry. (laughs) And then I booked another tour with a, a guy named Todrick Hall who was I mean, everybody Oh, knows I didn't know you worked
0: with Todrick. Everybody, mm-hmm. oh,
1: everybody wow. knows Todrick, the amazing Todrick, amazing Tyler Perry. All of them, I'm just like in awe of both of them. They,
0: I mean, they're really did. creating. I mean, I remember Todrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like just his very early videos on youtube and then mm-hmm. i think when he that 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 beyonce uh video mm-hmm. like the, 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 the four screens one? yeah oh, all the, like, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, the four square one, yeah the like
0: it like just took off mm-hmm. you know and like i love how he's creating his own way and i, and I just love what he's doing he has
1: carved his own path and so is tyler perry yeah. and i'm just amazed by both of them because their work ethic is just like through the roof and I'm like, whoa, like, do they have clones? How do they make all of this happen? Because they're like superhuman individuals. But, um, and then after that, I booked um, uh, Motown the Musical, which was like one of my dream shows. Mm. And it's like, all my dreams are coming true. Like, I always remember Tyler Perry. (laughs) I had Todrick on my vision board years ago, but I never thought it would happen. And I always had Tyler Perry on
0: my vision board. Well, I'm I'm curious Mm -hmm. before you go on, you know, Mm -hmm. what was the moment for you that you were like, ooh, I think this is what I was meant to do? Ooh, um,
1: I think when I was really young, you mean as far as performing?
0: Yeah, like, you know, like for me when I became a coach, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I was just doing coaching because, you know, I was in this transformational work. Um and I was just doing it just to get better at the distinctions of the course so I can apply it to my life. And then mm-hmm. I had a moment and I was like, oh, I think this is like what I was meant to do, but I just kind of mm-hmm. ignored it. And then um, when I started doing the calling into one stuff and that mm-hmm. was in a, a group of friends and we were all in it and I started, you're not supposed to coach people, but I was doing it anyway because I could hear them differently. Mm-hmm. And my friends had some breakthrough through some questions and conversations that I had with them. And I was just like, my friend was like, oh, I think this is what you, you this is what you were meant to do. And you need to investigate. And then then I thought that I was like really in the inquiry mm-hmm. of that. And I was like, oh, I really think this is what I was meant to do. And the effect I'm having on people and how I feel emotionally connected when I do it and how this person is having a breakthrough in their life. Like mm-hmm. that moved me so much because I used to be a performer too. And, you know, I think that a lot of performers, their goal is on the results of what mm-hmm. comes from performing, mm-hmm. like being in a Broadway mm-hmm. show. I can like, I'm making, you know, $2,200 a, a week. And house, right. you know, and, and that's until not, until your show closes. <laughs> right. Until your show closes, you have a breakdown. You know what I mean? And um, (laughs) I see a lot of people like you, like your heart is into leaving people moved by what you're doing and what's coming out of your mouth vocally and moving people. You know, so like
1: I've always loved I've actually. So the funny thing is, when I was younger, my sister, she's younger than me by a few years but I was always the dancer and she was the singer and then I started singing with her and I think that's when I discovered my love for singing. We would harmonize together and sing together. We would have little um, shows in our backyard with our little karaoke machine and then the neighbors would like request songs and we'd be singing and I think, um, and then just sometimes um, just watching, Women like Whitney Houston, like, she was a huge inspiration. And then Mariah Carey came along when I was younger. Aretha Franklin, all of these women that were, like, powerhouses. And, um, you know, especially Whitney Houston, she was the first. And you're like, look at this Black woman. She, you know, she's, that's why they say representation matters. And, like, this voice that was coming out of her. I'm like, oh, my gosh, wow. And then you know, singing her songs, it's just like a feeling that you you can't really explain. And when when people come up to you sometimes and they tell you, you know, how they were affected by what you do, and it just makes you feel so good. Because sometimes, like you were saying, some people just do it for the money, um, just to say that they accomplished something. But for me, I really do feel like it's about Um, Because the arts can be very um, healing, you Mm -hmm. know, and you never know what a person is going through and how you're going to affect them. So for me, it is, I think, um, a way to give back to someone that may need a moment to escape. You never know what they're going through or just a moment to say, oh, my gosh, I had such a good time this evening. Because when I go to events, sometimes that's how I feel. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this person like recently I saw Anita Baker and oh, wow. I had never, like a friend of mine is singing backgrounds for her now. We used to sing backgrounds together and she was in New York. She was like, hey, you want to come see Anita Baker? And it's like, sure. Um, <laughs> I had never seen Anita Baker live. And of course I heard her growing up. But when I tell you, there was moments I just wanted to cry listening wow. to her. That woman can, sh- can. H- 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 like sing. And she sounds better to me. Then I'm, I don't know if it was just the moment. I'm like, I didn't know Anita Baker could squall and sing that high in the rooftops. Because, <laughs> wow. you know, when you, you hear her, you hear her sing the sultry jazz r yeah. b R&B type sound yeah. that we remember. But it was just such a nostalgic night. And I was like, this is what it's about. Um, mm-hmm. Just being able to affect people. And so, yeah, I think when I was really young, I guess, and, you know, singing for my friends, my family before... I started seeing it on the stage. It's just a feeling that is kind of indescribable um, when you see other people affected by your gift and what you can mm-hmm. offer. So, yeah. And But then I think I rediscovered it <laughs> <laughs> before um, uh, we move on. I rediscovered it after graduating from college and I started working, you know, at the bank mm-hmm. and I was a leasing agent, leasing apartments and, I just kind of felt miserable um, mm-hmm. when I wasn't performing. I was like, I gotta get back out there again.
0: Yeah, wow. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about that um, because mm-hmm. there are, you know, I love, I, even though I'm not a performer per se, <laughs> um, but there are a lot of people I know who are. You know there are performers out there and there are doing jobs like what like doing banking jobs I had a friend mm-hmm. of mine who literally gave up his job to work at a bank because mm-hmm. you know, he had a child randomly with a woman who he didn't know that well mm-hmm. and it really derailed him he was so depressed because he you know he was a very talented musician went to one of the you know Boston's best music school uh, to be um, I think he was a guitarist at the time and he when he when he quit that mus- that musician job he was just so down. So I mean what was it like for you when you said, okay I need to take this bank job and when you were in the bank job, what was the moment you were like, okay I, I this is I gotta make some changes and get back Um, there?
1: Well, you know, initially, just like your friends, like life is real and we have Mm -hmm. to pay bills. And in this industry, you know, it's so um, finicky. One day you could be working, one day you may not be working. Mm -hmm. And there's no real um, way to sustain yourself financially if, unless you're always working. And even huge celebrities sometimes you'll see them on the scene and then after a while you're like hey what ever happened to this celebrity you don't see them for a while it could yeah. be by choice or some of them I've heard them say it could be because there just wasn't any work for them at the time and then so then eventually something else another opportunity presents itself but um it's just everybody's story is just different um so it's hard to say this is how it should be or could be or is, for everybody. Right. But um, I guess you said, how did I know? Yeah, was, so. Um, I just felt like were... a lot of pressure and weight. And I was like, ooh, I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> at the bank? <laughs> <laughs> Not literally. But I was at just the like, bank?
0: You feel yeah, like I'm well, going to die, yeah.
1: Well, and then at that particular location, they were so short-staffed. And there were just two of us working there and you're not supposed to leave one person alone. So like with lunch and everything, it was just very stressful. But um, also it was just something that I didn't see myself doing long term either. Mm -hmm. And when you know that you have another vision or God has placed something in you that you can see so clearly, um, it's kind of hard to, you know, just sit there and, to say, well, this is just what it's going to be. This is what I have to do to survive. But, you know, we all have the ability to make the changes in our life that we want to make. But sometimes life just happens. Yeah. And you have to do what you have to do to live. So I I feel like I was working at the bank and then I went into leasing. um, And then eventually I was just like, I can't remember. I do remember how I started to transition back into performing. Um... When I was working at the with, with the property management, one of my managers was singing in a, like a party band, like a wedding band, and she was leaving, and we were having a talent show, like a property management talent show for yeah. all of the properties in that region or something, um, or that city, and she asked me if I would be interested in singing in the band. I was like, yeah, and so that's kind of how I started to get back into actually performing again and utilizing my gift, so...
0: Mm-hmm. okay awesome. and that, <laughs> that was the moment and what but in, in those moments too like mm-hmm. what keeps you going in those moments what kept you inspiring because I know for me you know I'm learning how to be a full time coach and I'm working mm-hmm. other jobs and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you know one thing I learned is that I had to choose where I was being um, we had to work because otherwise I was like, you know, there's a phrase, so whatever you resist, persist. And so I was resisting that I was doing catering. I was resisting doing these jobs. And so I would have a headache and I would, you know, be upset mm. much more because I wasn't choosing to be there. So I had to, so I, mm. you know, I think as I kept growing as a coach, I realized that, oh, okay, so if I'm going to be here, let me like take advantage of this opportunity uh or what opportunities can i take advantage of of like growing a mm-hmm. skill in myself and one of the skills was like learning how to manage people learning how to put events together mm-hmm. and how to manage events and that skill has been helpful for now now that i'm like okay i have a coaching business i want to do my own events i know how to run events i know how to put people mm-hmm. together so that was my realization like oh well, I didn't know that at the time, but now yeah. I realize now like I'm glad I made that decision. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, what was it for you? Okay, I'm in this bank,
1: mm-hmm. I'm choosing to
0: be here because I have bills and life has happened. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you mentally stay safe? <laughs> or did you while oh, yeah. you were in that bank?
1: yeah I mean, I just knew that I had to pay my bills <laughs> right It's really that simple. right. Like, I just knew that I had to pay my bills and I had to have a job. and then I felt like, you know, I didn't know this eventually, but that job led me to the next job that led me to performing again. Mm, um, yeah so you know, like you were saying, these other jobs have provided a way for you to learn new skills, and then that job was a way for me to um, get back into what I love doing yeah um, again but I didn't know it at that time I was just trying to pay my bills and, but I must say this I have always been interested in real estate too so yeah. working in, so working at you know in property management it was actually fun but it still didn't satisfy my soul completely hundred yeah. percent but I was like oh this is cool you know I, I guess just the service part of it and helping people. No, find a place to live I don't know why that yeah. excites me a little bit
0: yeah give them a, <laughs> a home. little bit
1: so yeah you know yeah. providing that service um but yeah I guess I, I didn't know it at the time mm-hmm. but it was leading me to something else to get me back out there
0: to perform right. me and so mm-hmm. how what so you were about to say earlier that what are the other steps that led you to like you know booking mm-hmm. That show on oh. summer. because I know
1: summer okay yeah
0: so it's like because I know you're you're big on vision board like you had your had Tata mm-hmm. Perry mm-hmm. so like talk to us about like those steps and like why having a vision board was important to you and why is it why do yeah. you feel it's important?
1: I think that having a vision board is super important for me. Some people have vision jars, some people have um, mm. they just write down a list, but I like the vision board because I can actually see it, um, and when I see it it reminds me every day what I'm working toward. Um, and also, you know how they say, you can have all these ideas in your mind, but like when you write it down, and I guess it's kind of biblical too, write the vision, make it plain, whatever. It's it's um It just becomes more, um, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> It just becomes more real and it's like, okay, because you can think about so many things all day long, but you never write it down. When you start to write it down, you can kind of see it and then you start to plan a little bit more and um, you're reminded of it all the time. And um, vision board is important for me because I'll forget about things sometimes (laughs) or I'll get so, so I'll never forget about my dreams, but. You know, sometimes we can get off track when life happens and we're like, yeah. oh my gosh, I have this going on. But then when you see, you see that vision board, you're like, oh, okay, but this is what I'm working toward. Yeah. This is where I'm going. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. This is what my, this, my traje- trajectory is. This is where I'm going. So even yeah. though this is happening right now, it's just for a moment and this is what's going to happen. And yeah. uh, kind of like, you know, like Lisa Nichols, I love her.
0: <laughs> she talks
1: about, yeah, like micro goals and then um lead to like your did she say major? Well, I think micro goals add up to
0: macro goals. M- macro, there we go. I was about yeah. to say major. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's so it's so so true. And sometimes we can get impatient
0: because mm. we want to jump right on to that macro <laughs> yes, goal.
1: But I think that a vision board is wonderful because it shows you the larger goals. And then sometimes it's really up to you how you want to even like create your vision board you can create you can write down the macro goals on your vision board micro goals on your vision board too and then check them off as you you know accomplish them and then you can see visually that you're steps closer step closer to that macro goal so yeah I think vision boards are really important and that's why I love them because yeah. even you know, I've heard some people say, man, I had this on my vision board years ago. And just because it doesn't happen that year, it doesn't mean that it's not going right. to happen. You know, sometimes one goal may take a little longer to accomplish. But as long as it's... On, I, I make mine every year. But I know some people that have continuous boards mm-hmm. that, you know, they keep adding to them. But I just like to make my... And if I didn't comp- accomplish something one year, then I move it... To the next year, because it may have been one that's like a massive one that is gonna take more time. Right. Um, but I think that when you put something out there into the universe or you pray to God about it, um, that it will manifest if you do the work. Yeah. <laughs> if you do the work, that's very important.
0: <laughs> so, so, talk about the work that you did in order to mm-hmm. lead up to summer. Yeah. Oof,
1: a whole lot of work. <laughs>
0: And what Um, were some tough moments like? Because I'm sure, I remember, if I'm not mistaken, I remember you were like, before you even booked summer, you were like, I was at my last dollar, you know, in the Mm -hmm. bag. So talk to me about all that, Mm -hmm. that last Mm -hmm. dollar to that booking.
1: Yes, because it had been, you know, as performers, like I was saying earlier, we book a job, then um, sometime they go by when we don't have a a show for a minute and it had been, when I thought about it, almost a year since I had had work because I finished Motown at the end of 2017 and then, yeah, and then I was in Atlanta for four months and then I moved to New York at the top of the year and then um, let's see, January I think I booked, oh no, I moved uh, to New York in February, so yeah, and then I booked summer in July. So technically, it had been almost a year mm. since I had had a job like right. in the in the arts, and so you know, money was love, And when you move to New York, we all know what that's like.
0: <laughs> Living right.
1: in New York, it's not easy to. Maintain, even if you're not in the arts, right. because you know, with the arts, it's crazy. Ju- That's another thing. I was juggling, um, catering jobs with other part-time jobs and then trying to audition during the day. So you're juggling so, so much. yes. Uh, so. so, so much. So those are some of the trials that most people go through. It's, I'm not special. We all, we all go through that, um, as performers trying to juggle so many things. Um, but that, that was my main struggle. And then my father passed away at the top of the year. So just, no. you know, working through grief and trying to keep my head up and adjusting to New York life, those were my main challenges for that particular particular year. Mm-hmm. But before that, just, you know, trying to build my resume and trying to live. I remember one time <laughs> I was in Atlanta and I was doing a production and I was working a temp job, and I was rehearsing at night for the production, but it still wasn't enough to pay all my bills. Um, Even though so you're remember,
0: temping and working a day, wow!
1: Because because it for me, it just always seems like I'm playing catch up from the last time that mm. I had a show, and so it's child.
0: <laughs> tell us, girl, tell us. <gasps> I
1: remember my power was off uh, at oh, one no. point, and then my water.
0: What's girl! All, oh my god. Girl! All, I
1: was like, oh my god! All <laughs> because I have a dream, um, but <laughs> <laughs> because you know, and you know? it's like, oh, my goodness! Because you know, sometimes, and then at that point, I wasn't singing in the party bands because I couldn't anymore. Because if I'm going to be performing in theater, you know, we have shows at night in like wedding bands they perform at night on the weekends and Mm -hmm. we have shows on the weekends so like I have to find something else to make it to make it work and with theater you know you have rehearsals sometimes they can be during the day and typically eight hours just like a regular job but with theater depending on if it's regional or if it's on a Broadway scale you may be making three or four hundred dollars a week and yeah you know, and especially like in the in the market, like in Atlanta, it just depends. You could be making as little as that. You could be making a lot more. But at that that time, I wasn't making a lot for this, this particular show. So, like, I have to still supplement my income some other way. So, it's just like a balancing mm. act. So, those are some of the things that, you know, people probably wouldn't rather talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but... We go through some some times, right. you know, so, just
0: to perform. Yep, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about some of those. How, how do you, you know, mm-hmm. maintain your sanity during, during mm-hmm. those lowest points? Like, what was your lowest moment? You know, yeah. as a performer,
1: um, I feel like that was one of them because um, I remember during during rehearsals, like I had a few friends and they didn't live in that area where we were rehearsing, but I did. And they wanted to come by. I was like, Uh-oh. I can't let them come by.
0: Because <laughs> you had no lights on.
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> what do I do? I, like, oh. I don't even remember what I said. But but my parents, they didn't live that far. And so, you know, you don't want to bother right. your, you know, your parents every time you have an issue. And then you're an adult as well. So it's like yeah. you just have to figure it out and make it work. And... You just keep going. I mean, you've heard about celebrities, Steve Harvey being homeless for a few years. I believe Tyler Perry was, too. You just have to...
0: Yeah, he was in his car.
1: You just have to keep going.
0: Yeah, I remember my lowest moment in New York. It was, um, I had, when I first moved to New York, I had about $9,000 in the bank. And um, I still had some bills to pay but I was like you know I'm just gonna mm-hmm. just go all out and then mm-hmm. I was living in Bay Ridge Brooklyn and, and at the time because I was I, in my mind I was like I was very unrealistic I think you know I think sometimes when people move to New York they don't really know they don't have no idea and I want to talk about that too you know oh. give some oh. advice to people who, who moved to New York because I had no clue about, like, what rent costs, what things cost, how, like, how to even live in an apartment with roommates and yeah. all that other stuff. And I remember, like, and I was catering, like, catering, it, it, like, what you were saying, like, mm-hmm. like catering. Like, so, first of all, I was, like, working at a dance studio for free to order take free classes. So I wouldn't want me draining draining my (laughs) bank account. I was seeing two singing teachers, one, a singing teacher and a audition teacher because I was trying to be a Broadway person. Mm. And both of those people were... Broadway. Stupidly expensive, you oh, know. It, it's,
1: it's super expensive it's,
0: Yeah, and, and I had no <laughs> idea how much it costs. You know what I mean? And um, you know, but I, I'm gonna make it because in my mind, I wasn't like everybody else. I was going to book a show. That was my determination. Mm-hmm. I was going to book a show within six months. That was my goal, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember. Walking into the unemployment office, <laughs> I nearly broke because I was resisting applying for unemployment. got re- to go ahead and
1: uh, uh, apply.
0: I know, and I was, uh, I was in the office. I made the appointment, and I was, and I wanted to actually leave. I was sitting in the office, and I was like, "No, this is this is not who I am." I was so self righteous about what my life should be like or oh, what how it should go for me and i remember sitting in front of the um, i guess the council whatever they're called and i was telling him this i said like, i don't know why i'm doing this i am a talented actor and performer and this is just like he was like listen sometimes people need help mm-hmm. amen and he was like you've worked for years and years and years and this is your money that's been saved up by the government and this is what this is for so get off your high horse and take Mm. this money that's yours yeah yeah absolutely
1: and I'm glad you did that because people you have no idea unless you've lived in New York you don't know what it's like and when they say if you can make it here you can make it anywhere that is no lie
0: I know (laughs) so talk to me like some of the things you wish you knew before you moved to New York God I can ooh
1: some of the things that I wish I knew I feel like I knew a lot about New York but I I guess um hmm ooh
0: I wish I knew That's about exactly. rent prices. I had no oh, idea I knew how about much that. I needed to save up for rent prices. I was just like, I was so clueless. Uh, I knew and about I was, that was. Um, and, and, and other thing, as a performer, you're not used to learning how to get a job. Like, I didn't know right. how to been, like, apply for a regular job because I'm so mm-hmm. right. performing, because you're like working eight mm-hmm. hours in rehearsals and all that stuff. They don't teach you that
1: mm-hmm.
0: in performance school.
1: I, you know, some of the things that I wish I knew before moving to New York, hmm, I feel like I knew about the way of life, the, the, the rent prices. I was nice. like, I don't know how right. I'm going to make it, right. but I'm just going to give it a shot. I'm give myself a year and see how that goes. And then after that year, reevaluate things, depending on how I feel right. after that year. And, um, uh, I remember years ago because um, I had been talking about moving to New York for years and then finally did it. But I remember a director telling me, he was like, you know, just make sure that you're prepared mentally because New York is not easy. It's not an easy place. Um, sometimes it can be, even though there's all these people there walking around, sometimes it can be one of the loneliest places in the
0: world.
1: Right. And um, i like, oh, OK. Um, right. You know, I had heard these things, but. I don't know just how I guess exhausted you can be sometimes because coming from a driving state mm-hmm. um, you know you walk everywhere here Right. and yeah. then you don't think about like I guess I, I didn't think about the whole metro thing like yeah. when you pay for that weekly because that's not an expense that I'm used to having like $30 a week 30, 60, that's yeah. like a hundred and something dollars extra a week um, I guess I wasn't prepared for I guess the rate of pay yeah. Um, sometimes too. from jobs, because, you know, you have to have a few different jobs unless you're working right. a full time job to survive while you're still trying to audition. Right. Um, I think those were the only things that, oh, some things that I was used to. See, I, I wasn't aware that in New York, you have like the window. This is like probably small stuff to some people that live here, like the a- AC units.
0: I'm
1: used to having, um, yeah, I'm used to having, um, in most places, this is people are going to be like, is she really talking about this? But a dishwasher, I'm oh, used to having God. that. We don't have, we don't have that. We don't have washer dryers here. So that's just changed for me going to the laundromat all the time. Um, yeah. when I needed to wash, that's another added expense. Um, and this might seem small too, but I'm used to ice makers. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, me too. <laughs> so I'm like,
1: you know, going to the fridge, and like, oh, I don't have any ice. Okay. Mm. Right. You know, just small little things that you don't think about when you're living somewhere else or the parking. Cause I did bring my
0: car. Yeah, I know. Oof.
1: I had so many tickets I, <laughs> with the... Oh my god! And you're oh,
0: driving around like... for two hours to look for a parking. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I would literally drive around for an hour.
0: I before. remember. And
1: you, I remember we? Yeah, we. Yeah, we. I yeah, ran to
0: you. You were like, "Yeah, I've been driving around for an yeah. hour." <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I think laundry. I saw you again. <laughs> yeah, I saw I you, again,
1: and I was still driving. <laughs> I was like, I mean, just the planning of your life. It's hard to plan things here because, you know, you rely on the public transportation. And if I walk to a station and it's closed because they're working on the trains then I got to reroute and go find another station. So just things that you're not used to coming from a driving city where you have a little bit more control and then um, like. Things that typically come with an apartment um, in other cities that you don't get here. So, yeah, that you know, driving was, thing was crazy, though. Yeah, <laughs> and
0: something you said is interesting too. Like mentally, you're not mm-hmm. prepared, and I like. Yeah. I, I think, um, like mentally, for for me is I wasn't mentally prepared for the lack of. Um. The friends that I had here who weren't Mm. helping out. Like, I I was so, because in my mind, like, oh, I had about 10, 15 friends here. You know, they're all actors. In my mind, this was, I wasn't realistic about them and how they're pursuing their career. And I was like, well, they have friends because we're all going to help each other in New York. I was like, had this idea that we had each other's back because we did when we were in school. When I got here, it was hard to even reach them, hard to even get them on the phone. And wow. even help them, even to even ask help to get a job, like they refused to like, hmm. like meet up with me to like, hey, this is what you do. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And like, I was just like blown away that these people I thought who were my friends were going to be there for me. I didn't really know or realize that, I, I guess I didn't know these friends who I thought as much as I thought I knew them.
1: Right, and, right.
0: And um, and I thankfully I moved up here with my one of my best friends at the time, and he was like very there for me because we were going through it going through it together. Mm-hmm. And I made a promise to myself. I said, I, you know, I'm never going to be that person. I if, if even if I don't know this person, I want to be able to if I can give yeah. them information how to get a catering job how to put your yeah. resume together even actors here's a number like mm-hmm. this person can help you with your, your resume this person can help help you out with pictures mm-hmm. and like I, I had such a hard time mentally adjusting to like yeah oh like they're not really there for me I have to really be there for myself
1: yeah it yeah that, that that's unfortunate because when you move to the city that can happen right um and especially I noticed it like when I meet people that aren't in the arts and they move here or some people that don't really know a lot of people the transition can be very very difficult because it's hard to meet people in this city and if you don't know where to start and for me I can say I was blessed with that with with knowing some people here because my cousin lived here already and then um I knew people from the tour that I was on. I think I was along with one other person, one of the only two people on that tour that didn't live in New York when we were on tour. So everybody else lived in New York already. So, you know, I kind of knew a lot more people. Now, you know, of course I didn't see all of those people when I got here, but some of them were helpful in terms of like resources and trying to, you know, assist with hey, try this job you know a few a handful of them but yes I totally understand what you mean um because it can be very difficult in this Mm -hmm. city if you don't know anybody you don't know where to start or if you do know people and the other thing that I found I don't know if you lived in the same borough as some of these people but a lot of times people they're I used to ask this all the time, like, oh, have you seen this person or that person since there? No, I haven't seen this person. I'm like, y'all live in this. They live in Harlem. I'm like, y'all all all live in New York. (laughs) But when I moved here, I realized I was like, oh, I get it now, because coming from Brooklyn to Washington Heights to see somebody or Brooklyn to Harlem, I was like, (laughs) I was like, I'll come. Yeah. I mean, it's a three hour ordeal. Right. It could take me an hour and a half to get to Washington Heights from
0: Brooklyn, or even, <laughs> yeah, even one of my best friends that is <laughs> in Brooklyn. I'm like, girl, you gotta give me a like couple of days <laughs> so I can mentally prepare. I'm gonna go to Brooklyn because right. the trains would be all messed up. So
1: yeah, I understood then. So, right. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, what are some of the common mistakes you see young performers make? and that you wish they <laughs> didn't make and they could do another thing? Hmm.
1: hmm. Let's see. Especially,
0: I guess, yep, social I guess media-wise, I, I, I see people make mistakes all the time. So I'm just wondering, I'm curious what you, uh, what, what kind of mistakes you see them making? What kind of advice do you offer in uh, counter to um, those mistakes?
1: Well, I know when I first arrived here, uh, <laughs> I was super focused. I was like, listen, I didn't come here and I didn't know that I was going to book anything because I was expecting it for it to take a few years. Mm Because people always say, give yourself a few years in New York um, because it's hard and it really is hard. Um, But staying focused because when you come to New York, there's so much to do. Right. All the time. There's always something going on. And when I first came here, people were like, hey, let's meet up here. You want to do this? want to?" And I, when I first moved, I remember that first week because the second day um, after I moved here, well, the first day that I moved here, I, I was like, I'm going to an audition. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to an Then I started looking for work. And I remember the first day of the last day of um, the last day of my first week, well, I was on a train, I was just trying to keep my eyes open um, because my body, my mind was exhausted. Like, cause that's not how I usually live, you know? And mm-hmm. <clears throat> people were asking me to do this, do that, do that. And I was like, I just don't have the energy. And you know, I could have gone, but I had to think about money cause I didn't have here a lot of money in the bank. And I had to think about time and there's always something to do. So staying focused, you can't do everything. Right. You can't do everything in New York because there's always something to do. And then you said, um, which is a good point, social media, how you um, present yourself online, mm-hmm. because casting is always watching.
0: So whether you whether
1: you think they are or they they aren't, they want someone that's going to represent themselves well for their shows. Because right you know, it's about talent. It's about having fun, but it's also a business. It's about money.
0: So, you
1: know, they're spending all of this money and they want to make sure that this is a person that is not going to embarrass them um, or is doing something shameful um, out in the public. They're going to be out in the public eye, so they want to make sure that they have the best candidate for the job because there's so many different talented people out here. Uh, Never think that you're
0: irreplaceable. <laughs> right. You know?
1: Um, and, I, and
0: I really love what you're saying, like staying focused because mm-hmm. it's so valuable to stay focused of like what it is that you're out to accomplish, like say Broadway show, mm-hmm. because it really allows you to want to hone to it. And for me, at least, you have the opportunity to say no or yes to certain things because mm-hmm. I know when I first moved to New York, I was just saying yes to everything. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, i do that. I'll do this. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I was literally wasting my time with things that were not aligned with anything I was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was a performer... I was dancing and I was working. Uh, my best friend knew this woman who was a choreographer, and she she really liked us together. And she wanted to create she wanted to create a show around us, and um, it was going to be a six month rehearsal process. And I was just like, and she's like, "Oh, we're going to pay you guys." I said, "Okay, how much are you going to pay us?" She's like, "Oh, ten dollars an hour." <laughs> and that was. You like, said six
1: month
0: process? Yeah, six months process at $10 an hour. And she wanted to work at least three times a week, five hours a day. And I'm like, that's like, <laughs> that's $75 a week. And I'm like, can't hey, do you have any job or I'm making $150, $75. Yeah, it's 150 Yeah.
1: Right.
0: Oh, I'm going to make $25 in five hours. And I remember I was dating this guy at the time. and He was like, you need to leave that gig because it is not serving you. I was like, no, no, no. I'm creating. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And he was like, that is not where you're going like you need to focus on things or be involved in things that's going to constantly grow you and get you to the next level. Stop wasting your time. And it was really, and it really stuck with me. Um, you know, one of the things I, I value about that relationship, because when he said that, I really start to take that to heart. I don't get involved in things that are not either going to grow me, push me or expand me, you know. And I remember being in one of the rehearsals. And we were creating, like, these dog characters. And we were, like, <laughs> like on our hands and knees all the time. And, and I was, like, not for $10 an hour, like, trying to be a dog. <laughs> you know? And I left the group. I ended up, like, leaving. She was so upset. And I was, like, wow. I was, like, you're not even paying me a decent, a decent wage that I can, like, at least buy groceries for the week, like making $75 is not even grocery money in New York City. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> people, $35 by grocery money. unless you're like at the, you know, the Chinese market, you know what I mean? I didn't live in the, the Chinese market, but you know, when you're in a relationship, $75 for groceries is not going to cut it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and... <laughs> was so upset that I left the group and that's when it hit me like when I know I'm not aligned with something and I leave it mm-hmm. they get upset then mm-hmm. they throw this whole fit calling me y'all calling me names and stuff like that I'm like I'm glad I left that mm. um and I've been in so many yeah. situations like that I'm glad I left those uh situations
1: yeah it's it's hard because it also depends on where you are in your career yeah. um, too. Like for instance, right now, you know, I would like to get more TV and film work and at this day and age, a lot of times they want to see a reel Right. before, you know, <laughs> they rarely call people in to audition in the room anymore. That's mostly theater. But right. for TV and film, they'll have you self-tape and then they say, send along your reel and, you know, if you don't have a reel, then, hmm, what are you going to do? You have to pay to get one produced or you can do you know, independent right. films. Sometimes you may not get paid, but it may be worth it to have that, you know, visual so that you can present work. So, right. you know, in certain circumstances, you may have to take some work or, you know, perform for right. less than what you would usually perform for, um, you know, your pay rate. But it just depends on where you are in your right. life. And it sounded like for you, you were at a point where you just, couldn't afford to yeah. to do that, um, right? And you know, and if somebody were new to New York, and you kind of just have to discern, like, does this project have you know potential, or is it something that I want to be involved with? Where I'm like, okay, the money doesn't matter, but I see the bigger picture right. here. So let me keep moving forward with this, um, right? And and I'll, yeah,
0: yeah, I'll never forget. I was. Um... There's this agent I wanted to work with and he was doing a workshop mm-hmm. and uh, and he was giving us advice and he was like, and I, and I always took it to heart even today as a coach now. And he said, actors, stop working at jobs that are not growing you and expanding you. He was like, you know, here I am as an agent trying to get you a job and you're over here doing a workshop or some showcase that's not bringing you money that's not you know expanding you he was like you know be i said i would rather you be in a class where a teacher is like pushing you and growing you than you paying 200 dollars to be in a showcase when you're around actors who aren't that great aren't you know expanding themselves and he was like i will because he said you know i would rather you be in a class so that way you can always leave a class and audition for a job that's going to bring you money because I'm trying to get you money but if you're in a show that's working you're working for free then he's like I I can't really work with you because now there's an obligation or conflict that's going to hinder me from sending you out auditions because you're not available so he was like I would rather see you fight for things that are worth it than just to settle for things that are not worth it.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. and it's up to that person to determine whether or not it's worth it or not you know
0: so coming to the end here uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions
1: okay and
0: um, leading up to see what, what comes about so what does a life of love mean to you
1: ooh a life of love first loving yourself
0: completely
1: yeah. um flaws and all and sometimes we have to rediscover um love for ourselves and what you know di- different stages of your life right. um just always and i guess every day is a chance another chance to rediscover how you can love yourself at different points like you might love yourself differently from when you were 20 um as opposed to when you're because you probably want different things in life and you might be shifting things and you're like, I don't know. It just depends. But I think first loving yourself, um, doing what makes you happy, right? Not, not being afraid to say no. Um, (laughs) self care is key. (laughs) Self care is so important. And it's one of those words that become or, uh, phrases That has come so popular these days to the point where it's just like, okay, um, overused almost. But it's really, really important in your life to sit down and just read. And especially in a city like New York, because sometimes it's just like sensory overload
0: uh,
1: living in New York. And you just really need to take time to reset yourself Mm, and so speaking mm. of that like I've been on this 20 um 21 day fast I started last month actually that's over with now and now I'm doing a 21 day meditation series with uh Oprah and Deepak oh me too you are
0: yeah Yeah. yes (laughs) I'm doing
1: so I'm doing that and it's really really been helping me just to just get more centered and um Find some more clarity um, to things are just becoming more clear um, for me and what I want for my life at this point in my life.
0: Yeah, meditation Um, is really huge for me to realize mm -hmm. all the research I've done, especially with Tim Ferriss and his research saying that one of the biggest things that most successful people have, one of the most successful practices that most successful Mm -hmm. people have is some sort of mindfulness and meditation
1: mindfulness meditation yep and then also working out like last month i think i did like 26 miles for the whole month which isn't like amazing but (laughs) it's great you know to get myself moving um and i have a group of friends we are um called i think we're called team run or something but we all always post in our whatsapp whatsapp app (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how many how many miles we run each day, or whenever we run? And so this month, my goal is to run ten miles a week. You know, run, walk, oh, whatever. Wow. Ten miles a week, so that I bump that twenty six up to forty for the month. Um, yeah. for this month, so you gave me an idea. To, yeah. Yes. So i just I've really been super serious about self care this year because I feel like. Just with my career choice, I've just always been on the go, on the go, on the go, on the go. And I just never have time to sit down. So I'm forcing yes. myself to really meditate, to really
0: slow consciously
1: down. slow down and take better yeah. care of myself so that I don't burn out.
0: Yeah. And just, you know,
1: because, <laughs> you know, a lot of performers, especially, you know, you hear about some celebrities and their schedules are more rigorous. Than I mean, mine could probably ever be with television performances and on set all day, or people demanding concerts and people demand, yeah. So, and of course, they have help too, but you know, they're still human beings. Like, we're not a piano
0: or (laughs) or
1: or a guitar or an instrument, like, our bodies are our instruments, so we have to make sure that we're feeding ourselves the right food, that we're working out and taking, because this is all we have. And nobody's going to do it for you, but you. So that's what I feel like a life, did you say a life of love? Yep. Looks looks like, and then just doing, there's my run group right there. Just doing what makes (laughs) you feel, um, just doing what makes you happy and living a life a purpose.
0: Yeah. And And so how do you get out of your own way as a performer so that you can just perform? How do you, what Mm. tools, techniques do you do to just like get out of your head and just do the work?
1: Um, I think that me, I can be, I can be hard on myself sometimes. So just remembering that I am good enough. And Mm. especially because in the past, like I've gotten jobs, but I was still in my head and, sometimes like wondering how did I get this but just walking in my power and knowing that I am good enough and also when you prepare then some of that anxiety fades away because yeah. you know sometimes there's fear because you don't know what you're doing but if you prepare and study then you'll you'll feel a lot more confident yeah, and it right. releases some of that anxiety and fear right. um and uh, yeah, and the self care really, yeah. really helps too because it eliminates a lot of stress.
0: Yeah. And what does a juicy love life look like to you?
1: Ooh, a juicy love life?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it looks like, oh gosh, meeting the man of my dreams um, and not fairy tale at all, but like real, being real with each other, communicating. Um, just having my best friend there a lot of romance and when I say romance I don't mean always being taken on luxurious trips but listening to what the other person needs and you know providing that for them if you hear that your significant other is having trouble in one area maybe surprising them with a class or something to help them or just a hug or a kiss or taking them to their favorite surprising them by taking them to their favorite restaurant, or maybe cooking something from their favorite, re- just keeping that that flow of energy going and exchanging, you know that that energy of love and letting them know that you care, you're listening, you're gonna be there, um, and then of course you know the fancy trips, those are great too, yeah. you know. Um, but just listen, if you're a significant other, I don't know, maybe is healing from an injury or sometimes they this is just an example. They get um, pain in their back, maybe surprising them with a massage or just anything. Just just listening and being mindful of what the other person loves and trying to to be there for them. Um and then I guess when you say a juicy love life you mean romantically, right?
0: Whatever comes to mind to you.
1: Yeah. Um also like with my friends, you know, um I haven't really been on social media, that's something else, social media much. I'm just kind of taking a break from that and just, you know, I'd like to talk to my friends more or see them more, and in New York it's hard, I know, because everybody has so much going on, but um, just staying connected, because I remember a chiropractor told me this one time, he was like, connecting with your family and friends is healing, mm. and um, and it really, really is, uh, because you feel the love, from them and it just lets you know, especially in a big, a big small city like New York, um, it lets you know that there are still people there for you right. in your corner and that out in this big world, there's this set of people that really, really, truly love and care about you mm. and you're connected to. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's what, and of course the self care, taking care of yourself and giving. giving back that love to the world is what I guess a big, juicy, crazy love life (laughs) looks like to me. And
0: where can can people find you online?
1: Um, They can find me uh, mostly, I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, uh, So my um, handle is (laughs) Judith Franklin and um, my website is up, but it needs to be revamped, but that's judithfranklinonline.com. Okay. So but by, maybe by the time this is released, I don't know, the website will be revamped.
0: In, in two weeks.
1: <laughs> oh, well, again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: see. We'll uh, see. Oh, yes. Well, thank you so much, Judith, for taking your time. Thank out you.
1: Of it. Yes. Thank
0: you provided here and uh, thank
1: you this was so much fun
0: yes and I look forward to seeing you on Broadway oh yes prayerfully yes yes
1: (laughs) yes and in person
0: yes okay
1: all right all right and I'm so proud of you thank you so much for having me thank you all right bye
0: hey guys so don't forget to subscribe on Instagram at Jimmy Allen and Twitter simply Jimmy and don't forget to rate rate subscribe comment and share this podcast if you enjoyed it thank you guys for joining me this is Jimmy Allen with crazy juicy love hey guys are you ready to call in your one are you ready to become wildly magnetic to the partner that you deserve and start creating that crazy juicy love well I am offering a discount package when you listen to this podcast. So when you listen to this podcast, you follow me on Instagram, you DM me and said you listen to this podcast, and I will offer you a discount on a seven-week session. Crazy Juicy Love.